Just a quick little note before we get started from Lucinda. I'm deep in the newborn haze because my daughter Posey made her arrival a week ago today. This week and next week's episodes were recorded before the birth, so we will be referring to pregnancy somewhat in these episodes. And then we'll be sharing a special postpartum series through the Ready or Not side of this podcast next month. I sound a bit breathless, probably. I The audio is probably no good because I'm recording this on my phone. And that's because we are day six of the newborn phase. Look forward to sharing more with you soon. Enjoy today's episode. This podcast was recorded on the lands of the Boonwurrung people of the Kulin Nation. The land on which I am lucky enough to raise my son always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Hello and welcome to Witching Hour, the podcast that looks at what's exciting, delighting, intriguing and frustrating us when it comes to making work, work. I'm Lucinda. And I'm Liz. Kicking things off with a good news story. 80% of Forbes' 100 most powerful women list in 2023 are over 50 years old. So a woman's career is obviously a long game and making sure that they're over 50. I mean, everyone's got a bit of a way to go, don't they? Bloody oath. I love that. I feel like the deadline always feels like your first pregnancy. You're like, I need to get my ducks in a row. You don't. need to feel like I'm kicking goals, but you absolutely do not. You've got time. I also love that no one can see this, but you're actually holding your mic today and you look like you're actually giving like a news presentation. (laughs) Kicking things off for 2024. I do feel like that. (laughs) The other... um, good news story, which probably most people have read on Instagram now, but I thought I'd re-say it because it is a good one. For those of you who suffer from morning sickness, did you have that? No. Yes. No. I was very nauseous for the first 16 weeks of this pregnancy. Ray, I would say very mild hangover vibes. Okay. All right. Well, I had it, I reckon, the 16 weeks and then with Zave, I had it until around 24 weeks. Yeah. It's not fun. It's horrible. So now they're saying that there's a there's not a, what's it called, cure, but they know what causes it. And they're saying it's the hormone. Let me make sure I get this right. GDF15. So if you're sensitive to that hormone, likely likelihood is you'll get morning sickness. There you go. Kind of interesting. this means that better a medicine is coming. or something is coming. Because Absolutely. that is fucking hell for anyone going through It is through hell. Them. It really is hell. So yeah, good things, good things coming off the back of that. Once we know what it is, I'm sure that people will be Right on top of uh, creating something other than a ginger lolly to help yes. everyone. Yeah, that'll that'll cure all elements, the little ginger lolly. Fuck off. <laughs> and it's good to see that they're putting money behind studies that aren't male pattern baldness or erections. So we're really <laughs> happy to see that. Today, perfectionism helps women stand out at work, but over-preparedness can deny them leadership positions. Mum's the word, the joy and importance of holidays without kids. And a little bit of a teaser of part one of my very bizarre labour story and the question I wanted to ask our followers as a result. Let's kick things off, Lizzie. You go, girl. Let's do it. Perfectionism helps women stand out at work, but over-preparedness can deny them leadership positions. I am one of those people that's, I would say, overly over-prepared, particularly when it comes to work. I would sit in that camp too. Yes, I like to make sure particularly if I'm doing like an external meeting or a presentation or something, I need to be prepared. So I have to get people to ask me questions. Like I'm that extent. 
our economic and troll fig to the point that, do you know what you've just even, like I haven't looked far into this yet, obviously, because you made this production schedule. Yeah. But I'm realizing, I think I have a really big fear of being seen as a dumbass. Yeah, a lot of <laughs> so people do. So I over-prepare myself. You know those people that you know are smart, but they're okay with being dumb and asking the dumb question? And you don't think they're dumb. You know they're smart. I've just realized as you're saying this, I over-prepare because I'm so scared of looking dumb. Yes, as are, I would say, probably 80% particularly of women. Yes. So I was reading this article and there's a couple of things that really stood out and I wanted to run them by you. Number one, when you're well prepared or when you've done your research, most people feel like they've got the answers, which is exactly what you were talking about before. So most people feel like they're not going to be a dumb ass because if someone yeah. asks a question, they're like, it's all right, like it's a bit left of center, but I've, you know, I've, I've read and prepared for that. The biggest problem though in doing that is that when you get to like a leadership position, most of leadership or strategy, for example, I feel like everyone uses that word, like to be strategic mm. is in ambiguous situations. So yes. they need people to come in and solve a problem. And you're responding to situations. Exactly. You're not controlling so if you're them. somebody mm, that really feels like you're an expert on something and you're like a researcher and, and people know you as like, oh, laws, like really plans and stuff, blah, blah, blah. What ends up happening, this is what the article says, is that most of the time people will come to you as a doer. So yes. they'll be like, Lucy gets shit done. It's like, well, yeah, I do. But that's only because I put four hours more time into perfecting it than you would. Rather than the delegator. And then once you're the doer, once you're the doer, you kind of get zoned into this little pocket that's like, can't think outside that yeah. square. Yeah. This is really interesting. Whereas a leader more reacts to situations, tries to probably control them within their means and tries to be prepared, but reacts to situations in real time and can have, I guess, more flexibility in their brain to problem solve on the go rather than being like, this is how I want things to play out and I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure it stays in this realm. Exactly right. So I don't know about you, but one of the things I found super frustrating career-wise was when you're reading or having a discussion with your manager about like the next step up, there's a lot of talk around strategy, strategist yeah. being strategic, but no one really fucking knows what that means. No. Whenever I say like head of strategy or like job titles like that, I'm like, I've fucking no idea what you do. Actually, my role at CA had the word strategic in it and I was like, why? <laughs> I've just realized I was a strategic content producer. I don't think I've put much strategy behind it. <laughs> I think this is the problem though, because I think when you look at executional based tasks, they're like, here is the task and here is how to do it. But when yeah. you look at strategic or strategy or anything in that realm, it's like, here's a problem, go solve it. Does that make yeah. sense? Yes. So if you get pigeonholed into being a perfectionist, that's like, knows their shit, that's an expert into this area, the likelihood is you're not going to exceed to that next level in certain organisations because they'll pigeonhole you into the doer that you are. Do you know what we're going to have to do? We're going to have to look at if there's any research into men versus women's willingness to show up at the workplace as dumb. I reckon men, especially in leadership positions, would be so much more comfortable sort of identifying their shortcomings and where they need things filled I reckon we've done this, remember, because when we were talking about corporate oh, jargon. Oh, yes, of course. Corporate jargon. jargon. I still can't believe that that's not a silent <laughs> joke. 
I don't think I'm ever going to be able to say jargon. I actually can't believe you asked me if it was seriously pronounced like that. No, no, no. So when we look at that, we know that men are more likely to use language that most other people have no idea what they're talking about. Yes. And they're more likely to apply for jobs when they tick fewer boxes. So that also exactly. tells us that they're more comfortable with failure and with growth. Because yes. we probably, when we get our seats at these tables, think we really have to prove ourselves 100% of the time. Whereas oh, men right. don't have the same pressure as no. we do. So they don't think like that. Absolutely. So we need to, what do we need to do? Tell me, what am I doing this okay. year as a result of this? This is what the article said. I mean, it's not, I'm obviously not an expert in this either. But I think you said, are. I'm putting no, you as I'm an expert in not. this. I'm hey, Dal, don't, don't short sell yourself. But some of the things it said was delegate, which is an obvious one. Yes. I really liked this one. So it said, bring people along for the ride, plan for action, ask for help. I think what happens sometimes is if you're an A-type personality and you're a real perfectionist, what you end up doing is you end up either doing it all yourself and being like, I've got this, like I'm so good at it, which is great. And you can't relinquish that control. But if you have somebody else in your team that you can kind of show what you're doing along the way, yes. it's much easier to hand over at a certain point. Yes. It you don't have to be like, oh, then I have to so much ambiguity it. because you know when you don't really know what your colleague is doing, but you're sort of working alongside them. And you're like, I, I know how to talk about what you're doing, but I feel very unaware of the actual day-to-day -day tasks that you're performing. And it yes. makes it so much harder to share the load. Yeah. Uh, another thing I would say is actually a good one for this is if you are in like a whip or a meeting or whatever, say what you're doing as you're going and say like, oh, you know, there will be a point where I'll palm off. Like, I feel like once you kind of not palm off, that's not the right language, but once you draw a line in the sand to be like, this is where my part finishes and someone else takes over. If you've said it out loud, it's like, oh, okay. All right. Luce is not going to do this, but you know, I am terrible at just being a straight shooter if I'm asking something from someone yeah. or if I'm asking something of someone. So that's something I need to get better at. It's like taking someone along the journey of what you're working on and being really obvious of like, this is where I, my gaps start to appear or this is where I have holes in my ability. I'll need you for X, Y, and Z. Just being exactly. more upfront about it because you're going to ask for the help anyway. You may as well bring them, as you're saying, along on the journey and make sure they have any idea what the fuck you're talking about. So when it comes to the time... <laughs> There's no ambiguity. This exactly. is really interesting. I feel like I'm learning a lot. Ava Matthews, I was re-listening to your holiday series and far out. She's such a legend. She's, She's good, so isn't good. She? I love so her. she was saying, and the article said the same thing. I think she worded it a bit differently, but it was like choose progress over perfection or done is yes. better than perfect. Done is better yeah. than perfect. Progress over perfection. Absolutely love both of those. And yeah. I think it's such a good point. We are so worried about being perfect, being perceived as smart, ticking every box. That sometimes I think we overdo it and probably, as you're saying, miss out on opportunities. This is exactly really interesting. Right. Mum's the word, the joy and importance of holidays without kids. What a great time to be talking about this while we are on holidays. Oh, on with holidays kids. with kids. <laughs> exactly right. In this article, writer Kimberly Gillian talks about going on a health retreat in Thailand and the guilt attached to that. And I just want to quickly say something. This sounds so bizarre. I know I've talked to you about this before. You're like, oh, I don't really get it. I feel like so many times I speak to mums that are having time off or a holiday or like a weekend away, whatever it might be without kids, there's always a reason attached to it. I don't know if you find out what I mean. I do actually know what you mean now. When we spoke about this before, maybe it's because I can see your face today. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But I actually know what you mean. It's like 
they need to justify it as like, I need a break or I need a rest or I need something for my health or well-being. Yeah, which is, I'm all about and I completely agree. But I also want to normalize, like, it is okay to not do a health retreat or yeah. not do a like, you know, cleanse or detox. Go or on whatever. schoolies as a 30-year-old if you want. If you want to do that, it's okay. Like if you just want a week out, weekend to like go to restaurants, have a couple of margs. Yeah. Or it's a good point. You. We don't we don't say why are you going on that golf or surf trip. Never. So why are we? Th- I know what you mean now. Anyway, I just wanted to point I do that know out what you because mean. I hear it so many There's times. It's always a justification of like, oh, work's been so busy or I need rest or I've just been through this big thing. I need a break. It's not just like yeah. having a break. Exactly. Anyway, I just wanted to point that out before we continue on to this article, which is a great one. So what Kimberly had said, Kimmy, uh, she Kimmy said, if I'd, known, <laughs> if I'd known then just how much I and my family would benefit from my holiday, I would have toiled onto that tarmac. Going away with children of any age is an adventure. You get to spend time together, but it is not restorative. That is the perfect description. It's an adventure and it's fun, but it's not a rest or a holiday in the sense of what we define a holiday to be pre-kids. Yeah. And there's a couple of stats on this, which I found super fascinating. So a UK study by the CS Mott Children's Hospital conducted a national poll and found the following. One in six parents report high stress levels during the holidays. Not, that doesn't surprise you that much. No. Twice I actually thought that many... would be higher, to be honest. I mean, that's not a low yes. number, but I actually thought that would be worse. Yeah. Well, high stress. I feel like there's probably more that reports True, stress. true, true. Yeah, everyone's just um, like humming along with, with moderate stress. <laughs> Twice as many mothers than fathers report high stress of holidays. Like, yeah. come on. That's an uh, obvious you know one. What? I, I reckon there'd be a lot of mismatched expectations. Like there'd be a lot of mums that are sort of trying to get to the finish line of the dad in mum-dad relationships, you know, yes. the dad's going to be clocked off and then it's like, oh, you're not doing literally 50% of aren't. Do you, so listen to this. Okay. Lou. I'm nervous. We have to listen to this because you're already on it. <laughs> Lou knows that as a family every uh, wee holiday at Torquay Caravan Park. I know it's glamorous, you know, yes, whatever. if you're it's listening really for fun. the first time, Hayden is my husband, his cousin is Loz. All of our family goes. It's great. The kids love it. Like you actually feel like you do get a bit of a break. We miss out because we have a dog. So I'm I know. interrupting for context. But we also don't get to go this year because we're waiting for a baby. But because we have a dog, we don't get to go as much as the others. But that's the context. All the cousins but when go. when you are there, it's, it's great. so fun. It is so fun. So I went up a week before Christmas being the freak that I am because I thought, do you know what? Do you know what I don't want to do? I don't want to get there on like Boxing Day and then have to unpack all this shit and just like, you know, and watch Ryan have a VB. Like it would just really, you know, grate my soul. So I thought I'm going to go up on the 19th and I'm going to just take all the kids' clothes down, pack a couple of toys, really unwind, you know, just stock, stock the fridge, have beer in the fridge, wine in the fridge, put some food in there that's like not perishable. And I also thought to myself, every single time we come to Torquay, every single time we get out of that car, the kids are feral. Yes. Ryan, the first thing he does is weed, as in weeding. <laughs> weeding. And it, that is it so makes unimportant. Me, it makes me so irate. What is it about I, men that they see the outside of an environment and they think the world <laughs> will stop if I don't fix it? Don't worry about the weeds, mate. We've got a whole full car to unpack and two screaming yeah. kids. And they anyway, probably got to shit myself, in their pants. <laughs> yeah, listen to this. So I thought to myself, you know what? I'm just actually going to do some weeding, even though I fucking hate gardening. I've got no interest in oh, that shit. Oh, I love you so much. So when much. I was there on the 19th, I'm like, I'm going to weed so that when we get there, he can't be like, 
oh, I need to do some wedding. No joke. We I open the door, we pull up, and Ryan goes, geez, the place is looking good. And he goes, oh, I do need a whippersnipper, though. I'm like, is this guy for real? Are you are you smoking crack, son? No. It doesn't need it. I've done it. Yeah. I can oh, see why women report so higher stress because it's weird shit like this that goes into a man's mind. Like, yeah. unpack why the is car. That the most, yeah, unpack the fucking car. Nothing's worse. I'm Nothing. such a bitch on travel day. It doesn't matter how much Aiden does. It's so stressful. It doesn't stressful. matter if he's been the most perfect partner and done everything. I will not relax until that last bag is unpacked. So I couldn't oh, agree more with you. I'm the same. It's not even worth his mental health to not just like bow down to me because I am psychotic. <laughs> bow down. Until, bow down. <laughs> bow down, boy. Until that car is unpacked. So I totally understand that. If Hayden started talking about a whippersnooper, I'd think of one place to take that whippersnooper. <laughs> exactly. Next up, one in five parents say their stress level negatively affects their child enjoyment of the holidays. So mm. I don't know, I've had this happen to me many times where I'm like, everyone's driving me mad. And then Sierra will be like, mom, 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 mom. I'm like, what? Yes. What and then you eventually need? just flip. It's like the mum rage thing. It's like so many things have been ticking over and happening. And then eventually you're like, my needs are not being met. I am overstimulated. <laughs> I need a moment. Yes. One in three parents are relieved when their child goes back to school after the holiday break. Mate, I'm there's not, nothing not surprised better. at all by that stat. There's it's actually, actually really nothing funny. better. My brother's business partner, who also happens to be his friend, has three kids and he was walking down the street near where I live the other day, like at the coffee shop. And he yeah. was like, oh, parenting is so much harder than work. I love my kids so much, but I am looking forward to going back to work. And I was yeah. like, I yeah, know, amen. sweetie. I know uh-huh. the parenting's harder than work. Yeah. He's like to my mum, who's a mother of four, I don't know how you did it. Mum's like, I don't know how I did it either. <laughs> I don't know how she did it. As in, I do not. they didn't have the access to stuff that we had, oh. that we have. And like, imagine if you couldn't just like WhatsApp your mates and be like, this is how. She hit the fan in this moment, <laughs> right back to me in 30 seconds. Like, imagine getting the home phone out, calling your sister or your best mate, and they're not home. I'd be like, oh, well, I'm cutting you off then. If you're not available oh, to me right God. now, we're done. Seriously. <laughs> the last one was for a quarter of parents, stress is tied to placing unrealistic expectations on themselves to create a joyful holiday. There are so many times, and I, I said this to you the other day, because we're in Torquay, there's so many times when I'm like, oh, we should go to the beach or we should make the most of it. And Sienna's like, doesn't want to go. I'm 100%. like, percent get your bathers on. We're going to the beach. I'm like, come on, it'll be fun. And she's like, yeah. mm-hmm. you're like, and it's I'm like, a beautiful day. Playing. We should be doing this. Yeah, because I'm like, I want those memories of her going to the beach and having fun. Yeah. Her at, but I'm like, she doesn't want to do it. Like, I don't even like sand. Why am I pushing you, that? You're, you're, you're more of a pool girl than a beach girl, which really doesn't suit your Torquay Caravan Park persona. Oh, it gives me the worst anxiety, honestly. You need a pool, uh, you know my darling. <laughs> I bought a Dyson vacuum cleaner from Bunnings on sale last year to yeah. vacuum that sand because I was like, nah, nah, oh, this isn't. That would drive you mad. Yeah, it does. It's horrible drive you absolutely mad this is a really interesting one though because I feel like you have iterations of this your whole life you know if you go traveling and you're really tired one day and you're like but we should do this I can totally see how that next level is then I guess recaptured in parenting when you're like it's a perfect day we should be at the beach look at my other friends kids that are frolicking in the sand why are you watching tv yes so it's a really hard one and you're like I want to create these joyful memories for my kids but sometimes if they're happy doing nothing, just let, let them in. Read your book. I know. But then I do think to myself, 
going back to like the original thing of like what is going to ignite your passion to parent again. Yes. I think having that alone time after a holiday or even having like one night away from the kids, like, yeah, you miss them, you bloody look at all your photos and stuff. I do think it makes you a better parent. So in Torquay, we've been 100%. there for a week. And I said to right, I need to go back to Melbourne just to reset. There's a lot going on here. I just want to go back for one night, get my shit together, just do my washing, use my fabric softener, like enjoy all the nice creature comforts of home. And then I'll come back the next morning, like bright and early. It was literally overnight. So we head back at four, come back at eight. I just needed that time to myself. Did you go solo? Yeah, yeah. Oh, heaven. I didn't realize just that when you went night. back. That's mm. so nice. Good for you. And you still would have been doing a lot, to be fair, too. You would have been doing a lot of mumming if you were washing and cleaning and all of that. I was thick. doing a but lot, but I, like, I need the time out. Yeah. It reminds me also of the episode that we'll, we'll have, by the time this is released, gone live last week for Ready or Not. Different vein, but similar in that Eleanor Pendleton, who founded Gritty Pretty, that incredible yes. beauty publishing business, she talks about how going back to work was so surprisingly good for her mental health. Mm. And I feel like this is another version of that. These moments where we're like, feel guilty about needing breaks for certain things, but ultimately they can reward us in so many other ways and reward our children. If I have time away from Ray, I'm so much kinder yeah. and lovelier with him. And I'm just there, like actually present rather than, you know, when you look at you and your partner and you're both on your phone and you're like, is this the environment that we want them to be in, we're both just staring at our phones at the TV, not on. It's fine sometimes, of course. I do think that when you're in a group situation on a holiday, which a lot of couples do do, like they go on a holiday with like friends or family or whatever, yeah. I think what can happen, and this is very specific to my situation, is like obviously when we go on holiday, we go with mutual friends, but like the boys tend to hang out and have a drink yeah. and then the girls kind of do have to parent. And I'm like, well, then who's getting the holiday here? So if you don't lock in your own time to be like, do you know what? We're going for a walk this morning or the girl's going for a walk. The guys have the kids. Like yes. I, you need to make a conscious effort because otherwise you're like, well, I'm just parenting somewhere else in the sunshine while you're sitting there lathering 100%. your body, Fabio, and having the best time of your life. Like, no, Oh, don't and Ryan's like getting a great tan, annoying. It's skin. so annoying. Or just it's tan so skin. annoying. <laughs> I could like not agree with that. in the background. Yeah, naming that time that you need to is really important. Also, it is amazing how tasks do, especially in summer, the tasks outside fall to the men and the tasks inside can fall to the women. Mm. We've just moved back into our renovation and I've noticed that a lot. Hayden actually has so much stuff that he has to do outside, like genuine building stuff that he needs yes. to finish to potentially sell our house, definitely to Airbnb, blah, 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 blah. And I did say to him, like, I know you're doing so much, but then it leaves me inside doing other bits and pieces with Ray and I'm the one that hears Ray and I'm the one that's monitoring Ray. So it is, you do really need to name, like, no, this is my time. This is yep. your time. Yeah, and don't feel guilty about it. And you let's do go enough. on a holiday Trust this me. year, just the two of us. Oh, we make God, that yeah. a, We might have to take my baby girl because Fine. she'll be quite little. But Fine, nothing um, wrong let's with a baby. do that. Although that sort of defeats the purpose, doesn't it? No, if she's a newborn, it's all right. If she's not, we won't take her. But that is our, do you know what? If things keep going well on this, <laughs> if keep, things keep going well on this podcast, you and I, for our... Christmas party, I can have two nights off, two nights oh, away. Let's F, do that. F yes, F yes, keen. Yes, let's do it. Okay, that's our promise to each other. So, Loz, as you know, I had a pretty weird part one 
to, I guess, what will become my birth story about yes, 11 days ago now, 12 days ago now, basically went into early labor, progressed enough to go the birth suite, then things fizzled. Baby gal was 35 weeks and three days then, which obviously not ideal, but Ray came at 35 and six. So we were sort of like, wow, this You've is done it the before. gestation that I give birth at. Let's just roll with it. Ended up fizzling, but they didn't really know what to do with me because Ray's birth was quick. Ray's birth was early. We don't live around the corner from the hospital. So they ended up keeping us there for two nights, I think it was, or like 36 hours. We left in the middle of the second night, which we will go into in a bit of a postpartum series we're going to do for Ready or Not next month. But it did get me thinking because I'm a control freak. I'm an impatient person. Yeah. I always knew and was fearful of like either getting to a due date or going over and how I would manage that, which so many mums and birthing people can relate to. Never had to think about it with Ray because all of a sudden he was just here unexpectedly. But now I'm in this weird thing where I've sort of done the early labour. I'm three centimetres dilated. I've got bulging membranes sitting there, which means that my waters could break at any second. And my last birth was quick. So they're very much like you need to, well, it's actually less, I'm 37 weeks today. So it's less of a stress now that I'm not preterm anymore. Yeah. But they're very much like you, things it's are probably going quickly. to move quick once they do. So it's been this weird, weird, I guess, in between waiting game. And I've been trying to, I guess, keep a cool head, be grateful that I've got to term rather than being impatient about the whole thing. Yeah. And so I did ask our community, we've been pretty quiet on the socials over the break and because of this weird period, but I did ask our digital streets on Ready or Not Instagram what their advice was. We didn't get the hell of a lot of bites. I think it's the time of year a lot of people were switching off. So I'm just going to share three pieces of advice or three comments that people said. First person said, ha ha, I didn't, was so stressed. Totally feel your sister. Yeah. The next person who's Chelsea from Definitely Baby Podcast said, tried to remember this can happen a few times. So this is in reference to labor fizzily uh -huh. and is a good sign of the body getting ready. Got last bits ready, listened to birth affirmations and distracted with a new show. I have been watching so many shows. Have you seen Tiny Beautiful Things? No, I don't forget that I've got like no Wi-Fi here. So this oh, is like, course. The, yeah. like I sw yeah. completely switch off because I got no access to anything. Yeah. Except so my I children. woke up at 3.30 from intense cramps yesterday thinking again that labor was imminent. And I put on this show in the living room because I was just like, I can't sleep. I'm in too much pain to sleep. And I put on Tiny Beautiful Things and it's quite emotional. It sounds, the title sounds like it would be. Yeah, like it's quite a lot. I'm almost nervous to recommend it to people because it's a lot to take on emotionally. I just sat there sort of howling, crying until 7.30am. <laughs> Adam walked out and I was like, I've been crying the whole time. <laughs> so I totally agree with getting distracted with the new show. See if you think this show's for you though. I don't want to make people upset early postpartum or while they wait for their baby. Are you a um, birth affirmationer? I actually am. I actually I am this time around. My favourite birth affirmation that I've got, which is from Pop That Mama, this awesome British chick, is I am a badass. <laughs> so can you explain to me how they actually work? Like what do you do? You read okay. yourself up and be like, okay. So I will actually tell you exactly what our affirmations are. I've definitely put more thought into it this time specifically because I did want to try for what they call like a physiological birth last time. But having said that, I was asking for the epidural once things kicked off, of course, but it was too yeah. quick. 
So I sort of know going into this that there's almost no likelihood of me even getting one, even if I wanted one, if this birth happens quickly. Obviously, we don't know that for sure, but that's what I'm preparing for. So I guess affirmations and those sorts of things have become more important to me this time around because I'm like, I need tools to like get myself out of that fear-based state as much as I can. So Hades and I have come up for some sort of affirmations for him to say to me and for me to say ah, to me. Does, so he says them to you. I didn't know yeah. this. I thought it yes. was more of like you have in the back of your mind like a picture or something. I think it's sort of both really. So okay. his to me, uh, you can and you are doing it and you've done it before. Okay. Breathe in and breathe out just like to remind me to not like tense up. Yep. I'm meeting our daughter soon because when oh I was God, in labor, so right, cute. yeah, I really, I couldn't I love grapple that. with the fact that like there was a baby at the end of it. I was just like, what is happening? Why am yeah. I in labor already? This is intense. Yeah. And then the last one I came up with for him to say to me is this is the last time you ever have to do this because I, I think we probably will only have two kids. Oh God, I can't wait to re-listen to this recording like three years from now. There's no <laughs> do not, way you're going to have just have not. two kids. Not I, a chance. I so that's the last one and it's like, all right, give it hell, sweetie. You don't have to do this again if you don't want to. So that's his affirmations to me. Okay. Um, and then mine to myself to sort of just repeat in my head, uh, I am a badass. Thank you, Pop That Mama. <laughs> I love that so much. Can you just picture me like, I'm a badass? You go, yeah, you're I like it. Yeah. Bad girl. You're a bad, bad mummy. <laughs> <laughs> Turns into some sort of porno. Oh, well, okay. Um, the next one is I am in control. Similar vein, I've got this. One contraction done is one contraction less to remind myself that like okay. you are You're getting making closer. progress. Yeah. And then similar to what Hades will say to me is I can and I am doing it. Like you're literally, once you're, when you're in the throes when of labor, you can't, you you can't are, stop it. You're, yeah, 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 and you're, you're, it. you're doing it. Like you are literally doing it. So that's especially for that transition phase, which okay. as we know is famous for the burning ring of fire. Is that it? Yeah. And it's also that time where doubt comes in where you're like, I, I have to give up. I cannot do this. So they are the birth affirmations. Thank you for asking. Nice. Glad, nice. glad to have shared them with you. So the last piece of advice comes from one of your best, bestest, bestest friends, Chrissy. Ah, uh, yeah, K-Dog. Chrissy is from Golden Bump and she says, water immersion or shower, listen to birth affirmations or relaxing music, soft touch massage, someone else to time your contractions on the Freya app so you can focus on staying relaxed. You also don't have to leave the hospital if you feel better there. Having a birth partner to advocate for your wishes is a must. Stay upright and move how your body wants to move. Minimal chat with staff and making sure you're comfortable with the plan of action. You got this. I think that's incredible advice from Chris. It is. So yeah. if you are sort of in the throes of either labor fizzling and feeling like your kid totally gaslit you, which is how I felt, <laughs> um, or if you're just waiting at the end of pregnancy and starting to be filled with doubt and frustration, hopefully some of those tips will help. I will add keeping busy but within your own home is really good. We've been so lucky that we live in like what's considered, I guess, a holiday destination. Yeah. So a lot of friends from Melbourne have been down and around and they've just dropped in, which has been perfect because like I don't want to sit here thinking about birth every five seconds. All day. Yeah, But you also don't want to like go out and do too much. So having people over, not worrying about entertaining, like I've just been buying like bags of chips or like we bought a family lasagna for friends you yeah, know fine. like don't don't do anything special just have your mates over have your family over to distract you 
get out when you feel like it and rest when you feel like it. So I've, I'll have some days where I've like done heaps, other days where I literally have a two hour sleep at lunchtime. Fine. So I think just really listening to your body and having that mixture of distraction, but also I guess not losing sight of what's ahead of you Yeah. and staying on whatever you've been planning in relation to your birth. Oh, does, can I not do a tip this week? Because I've just given heaps of tips, Loz. Can, let's go no, straight you have into to your some tip. tip. But obviously, look, I'm not a big New Year's resolutioner. I never have been. I mean, I say the same thing every year. Get fit, drink more water, like far out. Oh, I've never done it off. once. So I, I drink a lot of water. Out. I don't need to do that, but I do need to get more fit. <laughs> See, every year you're like, oh, you know, be a better mum. I don't know. It's shit that enters my head that I'm like, no, nah, I don't have time for this shit. Um, but do you know what I was thinking the other day? This sounds really weird. Ever since I was little, I've always written things down. I know, okay, I don't want to freak you out because I want to sound like a big No, I like, write, I, I like writing things down too. But 100%. I, I have this real thing with writing things down that you want to achieve, as in like yeah. I'm not talking about like win Tats Lotto, be the best version of oh, myself. Wouldn't no, mind no. winning Tats Lotto. Yeah, yeah, like I have written that a couple of times. Can I give you a fun but, um, fact? Sorry, just mm. quickly. My mum, when she was pregnant with me 31 years ago, won 25000 in the Tats Lotto. Jeepers, unbelievable. Actually, okay, I you've reckon, inspired sorry, me. I think it was 10 and we were saying too. it's maybe correlated to about, translated to about 20. But either way, she won big when she was pregnant with me. Unbelievable. Well, there yeah. you go. Good Lucky. luck, John. I luck. should go out and buy tats to get. Yeah, maybe that's what I'll do. Don't encourage that to our listeners. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, but what I will say is I was reading this the other day because I was like, why do I actually keep doing this? Like, why do I write down my goals? Like, as in basic stuff, like... Even to-do lists, I find it way easier to, to actually physically write them. 100%. Like even just emailing a to-do list is not enough for enough me. Enough for me. I, I need to write it. I'm the same. On paper. Yeah. I'm the same. It's strange. So I, I was kind of just Googling. I was like, oh, it's not a tip so much, but I'm like, I'm curious to understand the reasoning behind it. Because you know how people always say like journal, yes. write things down, right, right. I'm like, why? So yeah. here's why. According to a 2023 Californian study by Dr. Gail Matthews, only 3% of the population in America set goals. Only 1% actually write down their goals. So it's obviously not a big trend. No. According to goal setting statistics, if you write down your goals, you are 42% more likely to achieve them. That's incredible. That does not surprise me, but it's nice to actually see it written down. Uh, pardon the pun. Yes. Mm. The reasoning behind it, though, is that it doesn't just help you remember. It makes your mind more efficient by helping you focus on the truly important stuff that you've written it down. Yeah. So it's like your brain actually holds takes on it to in. that. Yeah. Just even like little things, because I feel like this sounds so bizarre, but if you physically write it down at somewhere where you can see it, like even yeah. if you're not actively thinking about it, you would pass that piece of paper 20 times a day and it's like innately your body and the things that you do are working towards that without really realising it. It also reminds me of Hugh Van Kylenberg's approach, the gym approach to sort of his resilience project work. And yes. it talks about gratitude, empathy, mindfulness, and he talks about how powerful it really is to write three things down that you're grateful every day. Yeah, yeah. It's something that I've always wanted to do, but, I, you know, I do and then I stop doing it. Yeah. So I think I might try and combine what you're talking about with a bit of a resilience project yeah. angle and see where we do end it. up. Perfect. I've got another tip that's basically my tip from before anyway. Comes back to my birth affirmations, but I'm going to bring it into life, especially these busy summer times. Some people are probably still on holidays with a lot of kids running around them. And that is simply breathe in 
and breathe out. If you're yep. about to return to work, if you are run down because three kids have been with you and they will be until the end of these school holidays, or if you are getting ready to deliver a baby, deliver a baby, give birth to a baby, I guess. You're both. Yeah, unless you're you're, maybe you're the midwife. obstetrician, I don't know. Really? Or the midwife. Either way, breathe in and breathe out. Good mantra. That's it for today, Lou. Done and dusted. As always, if you have enjoyed listening to today's episode, please leave us a review and follow us on Ready or Not. Also, if you've got any questions, topics, anything that you're really interested in us digging or deep diving into, send us a DM. Let us know. Please DM us. We love your ideas. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs>